Hello, welcome back. We are here today in studio to talk about sex, drinking, rock and roll, and why we are willing to talk about edgy things. good to be here yeah 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 it's uh just just for people that don't know like because we talked about doing this podcast like a couple weeks ago but what we don't plan on is getting sick that's true yeah no so one does. never do i put that on my calendar like february 21st get sick mm-hmm. yeah okay so here we are a little late yeah we should we we should plan sickness in I guess. Yeah, that'd be that'd be helpful to everybody. Uh, what do you do? Could we uh, meet with you on March twenty third? Oh, you know what? I plan to be sick that week. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, to be to be honest, there are times where there are things that you know you're going to have a conversation about, and you're like, man, I would rather be sick. Yep. Yeah, that's you know that's the thing about pastoral ministry. How many times do you talk about something that? Like if you weren't in ministry, you probably were like, I would not gravitate into that discussion. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's kind of why we're talking about, because I think in your experience, right, uh, it's not that we're just trying to be edgy, right? That's kind of the yeah. concern there. Yeah. Right? Yeah. In your mind, why why is this important? Yeah. You know, uh, we did the Gray Matters podcast. Mm-hmm. You hear some feedback from that? Um. I mean, other than it being helpful, hopefully, maybe those that didn't think it was helpful didn't say anything, but those that did have said that it was helpful, so. Yeah, I mean, I've heard both. Okay. Well, you were there with me once when you heard it wasn't helpful. Oh, really? Oh, maybe I just missed it, or I don't remember. Well, I think maybe the, per, I think some people disagreed with our take on it. Oh, gotcha. And yeah. it's like, I, I get it. I get where you're coming from. That um, makes sense. But yeah. I think that's why we're... You know, we're going to talk about sex, but before we do, I, we, we wanted to have a podcast on why we talk about quote unquote edgy things. Because mm-hmm. I think there there's something there, right? That like, you know, you go, hey, why talk about this? Why bring it up? And that that's what this podcast is for. Right. It's, yeah, I think to lay our cards on the table, it's not to be provocative. Um, sometimes it feels that way when a book comes out. Or when a series comes out by a famous pastor, um, you know, the question is, gee, that that just seemed provocative for the sake of being provocative. Yeah. And uh, maybe, I mean, uh, I've heard arguments, you know, for it because their context demands it. I don't know your thoughts on that. But, um, I mean, nonetheless, because we are in pastoral ministry, these things just need to be discussed, I think. Yeah. 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 I mean, if you've done any counseling for any time, at mm -hmm. some point... You get into the taboo subjects. Yes. Yeah. And legitimately, people don't always have answers for that. Yeah. yeah. I think when we say you need to be discipled, um, I think some people maybe have that bracketed. Like, it's okay to learn 
these 64 things from somebody else, but these three or four other things are something you figure out on your own. Mm. And that's not necessarily discipleship. Right. So, uh, yeah, I just want to say kind of in the beginning, because there is a philosophy out there and I've even heard, Hey, why not just have a rule? No drinking in the church. That would be easier. And there, there's a part, right, where you go, yes, that would just be easier. Oh, you mm-hmm. caught drinking? Okay, that's that's a warning. Mm-hmm. You know, three strikes and you're out. Um, but that's not really helpful. Right. And to be fair, the Bible doesn't condemn drinking. Right. So in in our approach, it's like why, why withhold a conversation on something people are going to participate in? Because when you study the Bible, you can come away and say, hey, look, for me, it's wise not to drink. Mm-hmm. Great, absolutely, fair mm-hmm. enough. Don't drink, right? Um, but for other people, they go, "Hey, it's not a sin, and I don't, I don't ever get drunk. I can control this, and I don't, I don't blow the budget. I don't become a a worthless parent on nights where I have a beer or a glass of bourbon or mm-hmm. a glass of wine. Like, you know, I'm not getting inebriated to make date night better with my spouse. You know, so you know, for those people, it's like, yeah, let's. I mean, it's it's healthy to talk about." I think that's it too. I don't want, I think the taboo approach does, isn't as helpful as people think it is. Mm -hmm. Can you explain that? Explain the taboo approach there. Yeah. So the taboo approach is right. Just make a rule that don't do it. Um, Or if it's a taboo issue, don't talk about it and let people figure it out. Mm -hmm. And so what can, what can happen is your church can end up creating a second code of conduct. Mm. So you have right. Be holy for I am holy. But then what does that mean? And and really that command is even in the context of understanding God's character, both in the Old Testament and the New Testament. So if you take kind of Paul's summary statement in Ephesians 4, you know, I, Paul, therefore the prisoner, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the gospel to which you've been called. He's explained that holiness to you. Mm-hmm. He's explained the calling from Ephesians 1. He's explained the calling even of you into the local church in Ephesians 2. He's explained, and everything he lists there, right, are characteristics and attributes of Jesus Christ. Gentleness, kindness, love, tolerance, forbearing, patient with other people, seeking to help mature other people. Mm-hmm. So in, in that regard, if we sit there and say, hey, we want to help you be mature in your thinking, but then we say, hey, but these, these six issues are off the table. They're not to be talked about. Well, the legit issue then is how do we help people with that? And if all we have is a moral code that just says, hey, you can't do that. If you do that, you're you're in sin. Well, that's not necessarily helpful. It's not. And it actually, I, I mean, I know I referenced saying that that would be easier, but if it was, then we all would be doing it and there would be no problems. But there are a ton of problems out there. Yeah. And it actually doesn't work. Yeah. Another thing I've heard, counter that I've heard is... um. By saying it's okay, by not having a rule that says it's not okay, right? Because the reality is somebody can sit down and throw stats out and say, hey, look, um, drinking has led to X, Y, Z problems, 64. You know, they can start throwing out stats of the problems. And in some people's minds, by having that rule, you actually help cater to holiness. Mm. Or they'll question, hey, by not taking a stand against it, are you, through silence, encouraging sinful behavior? Mm -hmm. And the interesting part for us is that by talking about Jesus Christ, by talking about who God is, we've actually seen the opposite. We've seen people come to us and say, hey, I'm struggling with this addiction. I'm struggling with this problem. 
And by, I think having a, Hey, we're willing to talk to you in a respectful way about anything you want to talk about. It's actually helped people who are struggling with things come forward and talk about it. That's very fascinating. Um, because I, you know, if you think about the role of a pastor, most people think, Oh, a pastor is someone who preaches and stands in the front. And, um, if that's solely what you think about a pastor and what their job is, you know, that's kind of the, the reason why not many pastors put much time into like walking with their congregation and counseling them through issues. And they might even just kind of, um, you know, use maybe other ministries or other, what's it called? Like counseling ministries to, to work through the hard stuff. Right. When in reality, that's actually what we're called to do. Yeah. Yeah. We're, and we need to be equipped to do that and be equipped to think through it biblically. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. And not just the pastors. Not just the pastors. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Somebody said to me once that they were kind of let on a situation and they were like, I don't know how you guys do it to having these kind of conversations all the time. And there was a part of me was like, well, that that's, that's actually, even though you have a quote day job, like God is going to put you in these positions all the time. Mm-hmm. So you've actually got to learn how to navigate it, mm-hmm. yep. you know, and part of, part of this too, when I was in the bookstore, we sold a little booklet on homosexuality and somebody came through an older Christian and said, I don't know why you guys sell this. Nobody at a church like this is going to struggle with this. Oh, interesting. And we, we didn't say anything. But what that person didn't know is that we sold that book all the time, mm-hmm. that little booklet. And people would come in all the time and talk about how they have a nephew or a niece or a brother or a cousin or a son or a daughter who were struggling with that issues. And they wanted biblical answers for how to minister to somebody struggling with the temptation of homosexuality. And so it kind of was this like, you know, again, you can, you can preach all the right things and say all the right things and do all the right things. And you can know God better than God knows himself. Um, but that doesn't mean people are not going to still struggle with sinful issues like homosexuality, you know, like yeah. drunkenness. And again, if we just have a rule, no homosexuality, which I mean, again, the Bible does say it's sinful. So we're mm-hmm. not, we're not like sitting here condoning it. That doesn't, like, but the rule itself does not prevent somebody's heart from wanting to engage in homosexual behavior. Yep. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? Like, like rules are held in some ways, like the law code of scriptures is, is there to help us define sinfulness and righteousness. Um, but on the other hand, that, that doesn't necessarily mean that's how we address the problem. Mm-hmm. And Horton even said that in one of his books. Uh, I've read two of them, two of Horton books right lately. I think it was recovering our sanity where he actually pointed out the law does not actually lead people to righteousness. Mm-hmm. It's the gospel. And he actually even says grace and mercy melt hearts Yeah, and Christ transforms us to walk in righteousness. All the law does is make us aware of sinfulness. Yeah, it's like breaks. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you need yeah. breaks and you need gas, the yeah. gas pedal, yeah. you it, know, yeah. defines things yeah. for us. Yeah. And so it, there's a, there's a, there it's helpful, mm-hmm. but one still has to transition to the gospel. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. It's like you need breaks to, to 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 like think about things, and you know maybe maybe uh, for you, for someone that maybe might have a habitual way of doing things, the rules might help. But you still need the gas pedal to move forward in, in your maturity, and you still need to learn how to love people, and yeah. um, that's all part of our worship, actually. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I mean, homosexuality is just one aspect of sexuality. I mean, it's it's it's, it's really you need a you need a holistic view about sex really because there's a spectrum of i mean think about today with all the all the you know um lgbtq issues and um, what people struggle with it's not just 
homosexuality. Nope. There's a whole sleuth of things yep. that people struggle with. Well, how do you address that as a Christian? Yeah. I mean, do you, do you need a verse for every single, you know, issue with, with, uh, struggling with sexuality? Uh, and there is actually, um, and I think it does start Genesis one, but yeah. Well, it's, it's interesting because if, if some subjects are too personal and need to be off the table and you and I both know that there are some subjects that people don't like the church to talk about sex being one of them, um, you're giving to the church. People don't like that. They don't like pastors talking about what you give. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yet the interesting part is the Bible talks about both of those. Mm-hmm. And actually the Bible says you should be giving to the local church. And so I remember when parking space was around, I had an article why your pastor should care about your giving. And I'm in the article I referenced, look, it's not necessarily that cause you and I don't know what people give and we don't want to know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there is a part of me that that would at least say, "Hey, everybody should be giving." Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, okay, yeah. but it's the same thing with sex. Yep. Like, I don't necessarily want to know the details, but at the same token, it should be an action taking place between husbands and wives. Yes. Okay. Yep. Uh, and so, I think my question is, "Hey, wait a minute, is this something we should be talking about?" And my first question is, "Does the Bible talk about it?" And the answer there is the Bible does talk about it. Um, Psalm 127.3, the fruit of the womb is a reward. Um, but dream, but sex is not just for procreation. Mm-hmm. Uh, Proverbs 5, one, uh, Proverbs 5.15, drink water from your own cistern and fresh water from your own well. Let your fountain be blessed and rejoice in the wife of your youth. As a loving, kind, and graceful doe, let her breast satisfy you at all times. Be exhilarated always with her love. For why should you, my son, be exhilarated with an adulteress? Mm. And there he's talking about, hey, listen, sex is meant to be enjoyed between husband and wife. Mm-hmm. Understand the lure of adultery seems fun and exciting, but that actually leads to death and destruction. Whereas, so again, he's Proverbs here, father to son, son, have a right view of sex understand that your wife is meant to be your sexually satisfying partner. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So right there you have the Bible talking about it, you know, and then you go to first Corinthians seven. I'm not my body. Uh, my body doesn't just belong to me. It also belongs to my spouse. So we'll talk about this here in the next podcast on sex, but all that to say, if the Bible's going to talk about it, then I think we should be willing to talk about it. Yep. Okay. The other, the other thing I want to bring up, on drinking is in America, we have a, we have a more, uh, fundamentalist view of drinking Mm. where drinking is sinful slam dunk in Russia. They have the same take. One of the things that European guys would come to seminary and they would, they would, they would say, I don't understand why you guys are so hung up on this. Like in Europe, it's not an issue. Right. Are, Are there people that get drunk in Europe? Of course. But among the church, like it was not uncommon for for church people to go out and have lunch together and drink a glass of wine, and nobody thought twice about it. Well, they they bring drinks to their fellowships, right? It'd be weird, you know, like that would be a, a, a weird thing to see in our fellowships. You know what I mean? Yes, yeah. Somebody be going, <laughs> uh, "What are you guys doing?" Yeah, yeah you know. Yeah. And so even there, right? I want to be careful that we don't make some rule that just excluded Europeans from being saved. Like, are we really going to sit down and say, hey, Europeans aren't saved because they have a completely different view of alcohol than we do? Mm-hmm. And again, why why would we not be able to talk about that? 
Yeah, it also creates like a hierarchy of Christians. Like, are some better? Are some Christians better because they have they have more strict rules that they follow? Yeah, and um, you know, um, sometimes that 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 comes across that way. Um, I mean, if you think about just the uh, this being an American going to other countries, you know, there's always this sense that Americans think they're better. You know, um, that can come across like even the way we understand our own faith, you know, and we're deriving these rules, not from necessarily biblical understanding, uh, but uh, more of a cultural understanding or cultural history of how we dealt with things. Yeah. And so, you know, we're men of our culture, unfortunately, and we have to think through that biblically still. Yeah. Well, I think, I think some of them would say, look, some of these things are destructive. And to me, the emphasis has been placed on the wrong syllable at that point. Mm. Um, because it's like, is drinking destructive? Um, let's let's ref, let's ask the question: Is the human heart evil enough to be destructive with God's creation? Absolutely. And the answer is yes. Yeah. And so, right, even if I, you know, we say this all the time: if I get the drug addict to stop doing drugs, I haven't made him righteous. Mm-hmm. Just stop doing drugs. So we even then, right? The the gospel is what makes people holy and righteous and pure and good, mm-hmm. not the avoidance of X, Y, and Z. Right. Yeah. So it gives you a false sense of holiness, by the way. Yes. Uh, for, you know, because if you think you have created, you know, you've you've been applying these disciplines in your life, um, you know, you don't do X, Y, and Z, you can potentially uh, handicap yourself, your spirituality, because you actually think you're holier yeah. than you were before and at, at some of them maybe maybe like you are dr- you are a drunk so you're not a drunk anymore so you you're not you know causing devastation yeah. in the family or you, you are not you're not a drug addict and you're not causing devastation yeah at, at that at that level yes I, I would agree yeah you're not causing destruction but if you're still not loving the people around you rightly um then uh you're actually still not doing you're, you're not being a worshipful christian yeah you're still someone's still sitting on that throne on your heart and yeah. it, may, it may not be alcohol it's something else yeah you know galatians he says um, do not bite and devour one another mm-hmm. and what he's what he's combating in galatians is a very legalistic mindset and that's what he's kind of saying like look the fruit of your of this legalistic mindset actually creates a culture of biting and devouring one another mm. And it doesn't create a culture of loving people, being gracious, merciful, helping people repent of their sins, deal with their idols, and follow Jesus Christ. Yeah. And so the fruit of the Spirit, right, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control. And the reality is there are sub there are some substances for some people that are harder for them to, to have self-control. Even food for some people is hard for them to have self-control. Mm-hmm. And so, Amen. again, rice. right? I know if you make it, I know. If you're Asian Gosh, rice is a is I mean, a idol. Uh, yeah, maybe maybe that's why in the new heavens and the new earth, God's going to put me in Asia. Um, but um, that that like even if we say okay, don't don't eat over twenty five hundred calories in a day, or don't don't short your protein. Well, that that actually doesn't make somebody more holy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so you know the reality is you know the the glutton the food glutton does need to deal with that. Um, but at the same token, like it's a hard issue first. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so that's what we're trying to say. Like, Hey, because of the way the human heart is wired, 
every subject has to be on the table for a discussion. And then I think it's also fair to then ask the next question and say, well, how do we discuss it in a God-honoring way? Right, and this is the reality. You know, sometimes when couples are, are warring with each other and they're coming for counseling, they're not being intimate together. And you as the counselor have to kind of address that. And again, you're not sitting there going, okay, now give me details. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not, we're not asking for, you know, what is that like, you know, don't, don't turn that into a video for me, but at the same token, you might have to talk about it. Right. And again, it is such a big part of life uh, that you got to talk about it. And as you mentioned, culturally, culture doesn't know what to do with it. Mm. And we'll talk about that next because culture saying your personhood is defined by your sexual desires. Yeah. And that's a problem. Yeah. I mean, culture today is, has put desire on the pedestal and sexuality is one of those desires. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, whether it's, I mean, if you think about the issues out there and the different movements, you can summarize that thing as a desire and really the, the, the desire that needs to be center of our heart is Christ. Um, and we can't confuse that with, um, we, we can't confuse that with a, a, a wrong definition of what holiness is. And I think that's what we're trying to, I feel like that's what we're always trying to do. We're trying to refine and say things in a way that hopefully makes sense for people. Yeah. Um, I mean, by the way, like this is not something we have perfectly down either. It's like we're, mm-hmm. we're learning through this and we're trying to disciple people to become more mature so that they can put Christ on the pedestal and not whatever desire is there. Well, and you know, to be fair too, we've, we've had people leave because they don't like that an elder drinks or something. Right. And it's like, you know, at the end of the day, we can't create enough rules to prevent that. Mm -hmm. Um, And like you said, even if we're not doing the things that somebody doesn't think we should be doing, that doesn't mean we're loving people. Right. And that's at the end, right. To me, it's like, Hey, show, show me somebody, you know, if you come to me and say, I'm concerned about somebody's holiness, the first thing in my mind that I've that I've learned, and I think the Bible supports it, look, right? Because uh, the goal of our instruction is love from a pure heart. Is is this person a loving person? Is this person sacrificially willing to love? And does the person do it? Yep. To me, that's a holy person. Yes. Because that person understands the gospel of Jesus Christ and wants to show and give that same love to other people. Whether it be an enemy, you know, uh, Matthew five forty eight, love your enemies, or whether it be the closest friend, or whether it be your spouse or your kids, you know, this is a person that says, "Hey, I understand my, I understand the gospel, I understand the hope I have in the gospel, and I want other people to have the same hope that I have. I yes. want people to know Christ." And that's a good way of defining love, by the way, because people might confuse that that idea when we say we want to love people. Oh, yeah, just you want to feel for them. No, not that's that's not what we're saying. We want them to have the hope that's in Christ. That's right. And that requires, that does require walking in a manner worthy of the gospel. I would even say that as I preached recently, like, man, I'm just more read Ephesians. It's really a manual for love. Yeah. It really is. Um, It's, it's, if you look at all those commands, it's really, how do I love other human beings in my church better and people around me better? And so um, I, I think that's, at least for me, it helps me. Um, uh, it helps me think more clearly about what holiness should look like practically in the lives, uh, in my life, you know, intersecting with other people's lives. Yeah. yeah. It's not just like feeling for them. It's actually wanting to, wanting them to taste and see Christ. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, and having, and I mean, we know too that a lot of some of these edgy issues are contentious issues among in relationships. Mm-hmm. And so again, but simply removing that from a relationship does not mean now that the relationship is healthy or good or right or true. You have to teach both people how to love each other through that relationship. Mm-hmm. And like I, I know you said in your sermon, I know Ramil has said on this podcast, I think all the elders have said this in different teaching time, right? That, that love is learning these people around you and being willing to sacrifice your time, your energy, your own desires. You know, I mean, I love a good, a good glass of bourbon, but let's be honest. I know some people in the church that would prefer not to ever have alcohol open around them. Mm-hmm. So when they come over out of love for them, I'm not even going to break I'm not even going to offer the bourbon. I'm not mm-hmm. going to break it open. And I'm not going to hide it. But at the same token, we're going to sit down and have dinner. I'm not going to be like, oh, hey, you want some bourbon? Or, hey, I'm going to drink this in front of you. Hey, out of a love for you, I'm going to I'm gonna withhold my quote-unquote rights mm-hmm. for you. However, the loving thing for me to do is to actually help you have a right view of this as well. Mm-hmm. Because in your love for other people, you have got to have a right view as well. Because if you have a wrong view, you're going to, again, you're going to lead people in a wrong direction to what holiness is. Mm. And that's why the Pharisees' disciples were twice the sons of hell, because they were camping out on the wrong, they were trying to control through rules and regulations rather than teaching people about who God is. Yeah, they're cultural warriors. Yeah, and really. so, though though they, though they Jesus even said, hey, you tithe all the tithe that you're supposed to tithe, However, you've neglected the weightier matters of the law, like mercy and kindness and love. And it's like, yeah, that's a, that's a huge problem. Mm. And so our job is to make people is not to make people. Our job is to help people think like God. Yeah. Yeah. Think God's thoughts after him. So if God isn't condemning somebody for having a a glass of bourbon, Mm. then I want to help lead somebody to think rightfully about the glass of bourbon. Yes. Okay. And again, and you're so what you're saying is you're not trying to encourage people to drink, right? I don't care. I actually don't care if people drink, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and to be fair, I don't care how often couples sleep together. It, it, that's really some of this is very personal in people's relationships and requires wisdom within the relationship. Yeah, that's and hard. By the way, that that's hard, right? Because you can't <laughs> stand in the pulpit and you're give a de- rule that covers every situation. Yeah, you're dealing with people's expectations at that point. It's like, wait a minute, can yeah. you have a rule for that? <laughs> yeah, well, or even, I mean, and some of this gets down to like physiological. Um, mm-hmm. Some of it gets down to like medical issues. Um, whether whether it be for sex, whether it be for drinking, you know, to me, there's there's clear standards. Being inebriated is wrong. Yeah, which is why I'm on the don't do drugs page. Because that's that's basically you're doing drugs to be inebriated. Right. I'm also not on the page of ever taking any kind of substance to mask any kind of pain that you're dealing with. Right? Physical and, pain or or mental pain, right? Okay. So the PTSD person drinks alcohol so that so that they can drown out the problems. Well, that's actually not healthy. Mm. So let's help you start to think about your past in this under the sovereignty of God under his under his reign. And how to think through that those past sinful stressors so that you don't need to mask it with a relationship or drinking or shopping or right. Cause all of those can, I mean, again, the list is long, right? I mean, the reality is idolatry is not just present in the drunkard. You have shopaholics who the family, it's going to take 10 years for the family to get Ooh, out of debt. All you Amazon users out there, be careful. 
Stop. <laughs> now, now you're hurting me. This, that one hurt. Yeah. Um, well, why, Gino? You didn't say you were going to pick that up. Yeah. So, yeah. I, so for us, the reason why we have these conversations, and, and I, th- I re- we, we, look, we don't look at the numbers of the podcast, but every now and then somebody will ask. And one time we looked, and there's some weird people in Europe listening to us. There's some weird people in the United States, in Ohio, Wisconsin, um, Kansas City, Florida, like from coast to coast listening to us. I don't know if it's an accident. I don't know what. Um, So the one thing I I will continue to reiterate to those people is do what your elders say. So because, I mean, I realize we are going against the grain of a lot of the way ministry has been done in America on this issue. Mm. Um, And so, again, there's a part of me that's like, look, it would just be easier for us to buy into the old school thinking and just create some rules and then just kind of police those rules. But because of scripture, I actually don't think it's okay. Right. So yes, if there was a change in the church landscape from an instant Christians don't drink or don't smoke to, Hey, Christians have self-control and everything they participate in. I would want to be a part of that landscape shift. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. I would want to be on the forefront of that discussion. Even if that means it's going to paper cut some people. Like, like, does that make sense? Like I realized that these conversations paper cut some people. Right. And so in my mind, the question, right. And so here's the question. Do you want to paper cut people? No, I don't really want to hurt people. So why bring these things up? If you know, it's going to offend some people. And the answer is because I think there's a better way to think about this biblically that honors Jesus Christ. And I want to be a part of that. Yeah. We, we, you know, we're, we're called to, uh, the, the church is called to, to mature people into the likeness of Christ so that we're not tossed to and fro. Yes. And now by every wind of doctrine, now that includes obviously, you know, um, heresy, but more than that, it, it, it includes all these different issues yep. that you can think wrongly about that could be even good things or, yep. or, and, or, or potentially bad things. Yeah. But you think wrongly about it, your heart grabs a hold of it and turns it into idols or turns it into a desire that's really not holy and it's more actually more ungodly than yep. you started with intentionally. Um, yeah, that's not good. No. That's not good. And I think if we're going to be committed to scripture, then let the scripture stand. Yep. Right. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. that's that's what we're about, I think. Yeah. Sweeping hey, this this goes back to our conflict podcast too. Sweeping things under the rug actually doesn't help. Mm. And so that that's the one thing in a in a in a hey don't drink don't smoke don't chew don't go with girls who do church, those things are still gonna are still going to people are still going to do that, because a lot of people are gonna go hey the Bible actually doesn't condemn it and so they're gonna do it secretly, which is there's a part of me that's like that's fine like I don't go to a church gathering and tell people oh, I had a coke for lunch yesterday, right there are some freedoms we have that we don't want to that we're not trying to boast about. Um, but the sweep it under the rug mentality sometimes creates kind of this, like it can help create, it can help foster the problem more than it actually fosters the solution. Mm, Yep. Because right now somebody says, Oh, I found out that one of the pastors smoked cigars and now they feel cheated and lied to. And it's like, well, nobody was trying to lie to you. These are just personal things we don't talk about. 
Right. And there's a reason we don't talk about them because, I mean, at the one hand. Who cares? <laughs> yes, who cares? Like, who cares? Like, you know, um, the, the nice part I tell somebody is, yeah, I have bourbon. I'll confess it. And if you drink bourbon like I drink bourbon, um, I have a bottle of Oban 14 Scotch that is going on almost a year old. Uh, I have a bottle of bourbon that's uh, six weeks old that's over halfway consumed. And when I look at that, I go, wow, that's that's a little faster than I normally drink bourbon. And then I go, oh, yeah, because we've had Christmas parties and other things where people are like, hey, can I have a glass of bourbon? Sure, no problem. So I've shared it, right? My family is not in jeopardy because of my drinking. Right. Yeah, they're not sitting, my wife's not sitting there going, we can't afford food because of, right? So it's all done under the banner of our, of our family budget, it's it's kept in balance, if you will, right? I mean, if I have a bad day, my rule is bad day, no drinking. Mm. So for me, if I'm having a glass of bourbon, it's usually like, hey, Lord, thank you for this wonderful day. Um, out of a thanks to you, I'm gonna have a, I'm gonna have a glass of bourbon, and a glass of bourbon for me is like an ounce, mm-hmm. an ounce and a half mm-hmm. over like an hour at minimum. Right. So you're talking about like a couple sips, you know, every five to ten minutes. You're not talking about like. You know what I mean? I'm not yeah. taking shots. Right. And that's the hard part of any discussion on taboo issues is a lot of times those issues are set up under the framework of vileness. Right. So somebody's like, well, when I was in college and I went to a party and the drinking and it's like, yeah, you just set up the framework for right. Major problems because you have a bunch of college kids there who are pursuing their idols and they're they're trying to get drunk and they're trying to you know that's party the goal. Up. The goal is to get drunk. Yeah, yeah. and that's that's a framework outside of what we're talking about. That framework is sinful before you even get into the details of that, because at the motive level, the people are coming to that party in general to get drunk. Now, as the weird guy in college, would go to some of those parties, and I I didn't get drunk. I didn't want to get drunk. I didn't care to get drunk. Mm-hmm. You know, even as an unbeliever, I wasn't interested in getting drunk. So you know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. So. Well, that's know. interesting. I mean, I think so. We're not giving people the license, right, um, to sinfully do anything. We're actually giving you the license to to think more clearly, if anything. Yes. Um, with that being said, you have to know yourself. Yeah. I, I think one of the most important things is understanding your heart. Yeah. And knowing, like, for you, you know, as as someone, someone that has abused alcohol in the past they're they're listening to you they're probably thinking gosh how could you say that yeah but the loving thing to do is realize that not everyone was you yeah and you know why would you withhold something from somebody else because you struggled with it yeah so and and to be fair i mean a lot of people have struggled with alcohol yep yep and we uh, and i think maybe part of the reason why we do have a different view of alcohol in america is because the way we promote it is for the purpose of uh, party and and drunkenness and um, you know that, that lifestyle of just living excessively. Yeah. Um, where in maybe Europe it's more just part of life and it's part of celebration and yeah. people still abuse it, but those who love the Lord won't. You know. Yeah. It, you're right. It's a different. It's, it's kind of a different casual. It's almost like a casual versus. Yeah, the picture here. But but we live in a world of narratives, right? I mean, how many times? Well, I'm from Vegas. Oh, how does your family navigate? And you're like. What do you, what do you think my family sees? Right. Like, what is your family like on a week in a week out basis? And they describe it. And you're like, that's what my family's like. 
Like we don't have strippers coming to our door. We don't have hookers at our at our front doorstep, like banging down the the door demanding that we pay for their services. Like, you know what I mean? But that right. narrative, because of the commercials and Hollywood and the things that they say, create this narrative. And so then people assume that's the framework, which is why when people say, "Oh, you live in Vegas," like, "What what hotel do you live in?" I'm always like, "Oh, I live in the Bellagio," because it's just funny at that point. Yeah. Like, pastor and the pastoral suite, you know? yeah, and the pastoral suite. It's like, <laughs> come on, who like? Do you, there's a party's like, "Do you hear what you're saying?" Like, like anyway. Uh, so and again, somebody be like, "Well, those Vegas guys love to drink." Well, no, it's it's not about that. And I think it's actually a disingenuous like slam on our motives. To be fair to. Yeah. Yeah. So, and you said in the drinking podcast or in the great podcast, like, where does it stop? Right. I mean, some people get in their car and they have no problem riding that right lane, doing 10, 15 miles an hour under the speed limit. They don't get mad at drivers. They're content all day. Whereas other people get mad at the littlest thing on the road. Yeah. And again, that's, that's a sinful issue, but it's different. Driving under, under the speed limit is sinful or. (laughs) <laughs> uh, <laughs> i plead the fifth <laughs> so um but you see my point right like why why camp out just on alcohol right uh actually i think we found the opposite by we by by being willing to talk about anything we've had people come to us and say hey i'm kind of embarrassed to say this but i've realized you're safe to talk to about these things because you understand grace yes and that's like yes now we can have a conversation that helps you mm-hmm so what I, I think at the end, here's my thing. By, be, by saying to people, we are willing to talk about and help you think through anything. We have found that we've been able to do Philippians 2.4 better because now we're able to look out for your own personal interest. Even if that personal interest is a weird fetish that nobody that you've never dealt with in your life. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If somebody comes like, I have a foot fetish. Okay, I've never had this conversation before, but, I'm, but thank you for wanting to talk to us about this. We've been. Because we can, right, in a conversation, coffee on the table, um, where we're all being heart-to-heart and we're all willing to, to kind of expose ourselves mm-hmm. in, a, in a conversational way. I realize we're talking about sex a little bit. So yeah, yeah expose ourselves, like our thinking and our actions and being willing to confess and be open and vulnerable. Right, we're now able to help people kind of navigate the idols of their heart and the gospel. And that's why these conversations are, are helpful. Amen. Yeah. So again, if you're at a church and you're listening to this and your pastors disagree, go with your pastors. Hmm. We're not trying to lead a revolution. We don't want you to like demand that all the elders yeah. resign. Yeah. We don't have an alcohol flag or anything. Like that yeah. Now. Or just, yeah. Yeah. But if you're a pastor and you're listening to this, uh, Piper in his book, Brothers, We Are Not Professional, he has the same argument. He says, listen, in fact, the, I think he's the one that brought up uh, the, the Galatians part, that by having legalistic rules, and he does define this as legalism. It's not necessarily a legalism um, for salvation. It's a legalism of culture. And he says what, you know, he, so he's like, look, churches don't have a no drinking policy. So the SBC, I vehemently disagree with the SBC's no drinking policy. So if you're a seminary, they had one. yeah. So if you're a seminary student, and you go, you go to seminary. They're like, hey, don't drink or don't smoke. Well, oh, I see for the uh, seminary. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I get where you're. Well, I think even uh, in some other SBC churches. Gotcha. So I get what they're saying, but the problem with that is um, you potentially set up a legalistic culture where you bite and devour, rather than hey, let's just be open and honest and talk about these things. Yeah. You know, and the reality is, you can imitate us in 
our actions of this and you can be safe because the number one thing is you're going to learn that biblical principles are guiding our thinking so that we have self-control. Mm-hmm. And because even while drinking the bourbon, the whole goal of that is not to get drunk. I don't want to be drunk. I don't want to be buzzed. I don't want any of that. Uh, in fact, uh, I want the opposite. Uh, to me, it's a thank you God for today. And the, and this is a great drink. Mm-hmm. And you know what? You created it. Yeah. And Jesus drinks wine. Mm. So if your rules for your elders are such that even Jesus couldn't be an elder, to me, you got a problem. Yeah, to me, you're misdefining yeah. holiness. Yeah. Yeah. So go see our gray issues on that if you have more questions. But we'll talk about sex next. I don't know. Anything else on, on being edgy? Because we're not trying to be edgy. Yeah. Nah, I mean, uh, no, I think I think this sets up a, a framework of why why we talk talk about this. And, um, yeah, we're not trying to put our names on the map or raise a flag, you know, or anything like that. We're just, I think we're just committed to the scripture. Yeah. And... Um, everything is on the table. Yeah. Um, you know, and we'll see where the Lord does with that. Yeah. And personally, if you're not comfortable with something, the counsel we're going to give you is then don't participate. Mm -hmm. But if you're not comfortable with something and that something is something that you should be doing, we're going to try to educate you as of to why you should be doing it. Right. So if you're not comfortable having a conversation with somebody else, and the, the subject of the conversation not be what you want to talk about, but what somebody else wants to talk about. We're going to try to help you understand why that's actually important. Okay. I see what you're you, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it doesn't just mean drinking. Yep. Like, like the, my goal would not be to get Johnny to start drinking. My goal would be, Hey Johnny, make sure your analysis of other people is built on scripture. Is mm-hmm. there faith in Jesus Christ? Do they love the Lord? Are they confessing sin? Are they asking forgiveness? And are they pursuing to love other people? Amen. Yeah. So, okay. All right. Well, let's finish this one, and then we'll we'll come back and talk about sex. It's a wrap. It's a wrap. All right. And exit music. Mm-hmm.